Hey there, I'm Ian. And I'm Rachel. And we want to welcome you to our Building Contenders podcast. Here we share messages, sermons, and our weekly conversations to equip you to contend for the kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy it. Blessings. Blessings. Chat a little bit tonight um, about the whole notion of abundance, that we have more than enough, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, but before we, before I start that, I want to I want to just mention that this week coming, uh, this this coming week, every day at ten o'clock, Rich and I are going live. Uh, we call it a week of lies, um, simply because we're not going to tell you lies. Hopefully, we're not going to tell you lies. But um, it, it, my understanding of me and of the people that are around me and the people that I minister with and to and all that kind of stuff is that we're all living in lies that we actually don't know those lies and we can't identify those lies and those lies stop us from doing so much, you know? So, so the lie can be, uh, you know, I'm not worthy whatever. I'm not worthy. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough time. What will people think of me? And you, you end up going through this, um, this resistance to your own life, right? So we, we just simply resist our own life and we convince ourselves that it's the truth. We convince ourselves that, well, I'm not this, therefore I couldn't do that, or I'm not like that. And I just want to nail some of those. I think if you sign up, um, if you go to our Facebook page, if you, there's a link there to sign up for the, the Zoom link, we're going to go live on Zoom. We're not recording it because we're actually expecting some deliverance from these lies to happen during the week uh, instead of just, you know, I think it's really important to create that content live and be live and all that. So if you go to our Facebook page and sign up for it, that would be, I think it's free. Why, why would you not do it? It's free. And if you're available even one or two of the days this week, then jump on and transform your life. So that'd be awesome. And also this week, closes registration for our foundations, our school for apostles and prophets. All right, so let's jump into this sort of abundance thing and let's 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 see where we go with it. So let's let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I know that you're not the author of calamity or of chaos. Your very word tells you it tells us that you have plans for our lives and those plans are not for calamity and chaos. They're actually for good. Uh, so, God, I thank you that you're not the author of storms, but that you allow us to be peaceful and still, um, even when there are storms. So, God, just be with us. Transform our minds. Let our minds be transformed uh, tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, I heard I heard this week, Rachel was telling me this week just about uh, the difference between some people here in, here in the U.S. It's always a political season, always a political season. And just, you know, the difference between some people who have justice as a main focus and others who have righteousness as a main focus. And I, I kind of think one of the things that justice and this call for justice and listen, I, you know, I, I was in, I was in the justice business for for a long time, you know, for two decades. And um, I, I understand the drive and the need for it. But but here's here's the thing I I think those that are the those that are focused on justice run the risk of becoming victims, or taking a victim mentality right. I've actually taken that sort of victimhood on. You know that this happened to me, that this is something I have no control over, 
um, that, that I feel cheated. I, I've been lied to. I've even been violated. I am powerless. I'm trapped. There's nothing I can do. And it's this kind of victim kind of thing. And the pursuit of justice can create a bunch of victims. That's really, uh, and that's a really toxic mindset for the believer because here we are, um, wondering even about our lives because because there there is this you know i get accused of i get accused of being part of the you know health and wealth gospel thing and i i happily admit that i believe that you should be healthy and wealthy as a believer i i'm free to admit that but i don't think that's the gospel i think the gospel is that we are saved for all of eternity um, from the consequences of our sins and a lot more than that of course but that that's that's really that's really the good news um and but but I, I i do think that part of the downside of those that have uh, have created a straw man argument really against the you know any kind of um notion of abundant of an abundant life you know they create a straw man which says well you're saying that we don't have any problems listen that's a nonsense we have problems the issue is not whether you have a problem. The issue is who you are in the middle of that problem. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but don't be dismayed, right? Don't be fractured. Don't be all over the place for I have overcome. I have actually overcome you. We have a model and we're even then told, and we're going to deal with that this week. We're, we're even told that if we want to overcome, we have to learn. If we want to be like Christ, we have to learn not, not to act like he did but to think like he thought that that's what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to get our thinking into a place that we are that we have more than enough and one of the problems of the pursuit of justice is that it i mean it's not in the kingdom i mean i realize some of you are going to go oh my god it's a heretic no the, the kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy right the, the, it's righteousness peace and joy and we have to take this this attitude that Jesus is going to make all things right that the vengeance of the Lord uh, belongs to the Lord it doesn't belong to us and he will at one point make all things right so rather than this pursuit of of everything being just and proper then it is this pursuit of his righteousness his peace and, and his joy so um so yeah as I say one of, one of the big problems I have with the pursuit of justice is that it can. It, it runs at a risk of creating victims and we can adopt that victim mindset. And within this victim mindset is that there's really nothing I can do about this. There's nothing. I have no agency. I have no will to do anything. I have no ability to do anything. And that's just absolute bunkum. So what happens whenever all of the, whenever all the things are coming against you, your car blows up, you know the your house prices is going are going are increasing that you don't know what you're going to do about it that there's you know all this kind of stuff just coming at you day after day after day well what, what do you do and the easiest thing to do is actually be to just be to wallow in self-pity but I, I don't think it's the easiest thing to do i think it's the most natural thing to do is just to say hey god you promised me this this hasn't come through so i'm just going to be what was me and maybe i've done something wrong it, you you know we start to be like the the people in jesus's time well who sinned was it him or was it his you know his grandparents sinned who's to blame and we start to play the blame game even with ourselves instead of saying actually this isn't about blame this is about ownership and responsibility and if there is a problem the problem is in here 
This is the spiritual warfare in here. The problem is not that I don't have enough. The problem is that I think that I don't have enough. Now, of course, you're going to scream and run to your checkbook and say, look, look, I don't, I don't have enough. But that, that's actually not the problem, right? That, that you know, the, the problem is you don't believe that you have enough because what, what comes first? Does the actual creation start with a thought or does the creation start when something's given to you? And I would argue that we create when we start thinking that our lives will never rise above our greatest imagination. Now that'll provoke some people right there and that, that I'm, you know, starting to be new thought and sort of, you know, starting to create from your imagination. Listen, Jesus, God himself, the Trinity, the Yahweh them, himself, God himself, right? The majestic three, the mighty three imagined creation before creating it. They imagined you before they made you. I mean, sit on that for a while. How long did they imagine you? Like, did they, you know, you're not an accident. No matter what your circumstances of birth are, you're not an accident. You're an intention. And you're an intention from God himself. That's the that's part of the problem I have with abortion, to be honest. And I, I realize that there are probably 100 million people in the United States that are affected emotionally um, by having an abortion or knowing someone. And this isn't a condemnation thing. But the problem, I one of the problems I have with it is that is that God actually imagined these children before they were even conceived. I'm not saying they pre-existed or anything like that, but, but the imagination of God went into creating them. And, and you guys are not a mistake. None of you are a mistake, an accident. None of, none of you, right? So that means we have to uh, take some ownership and responsibility. So we're going to take some ownership and responsibility for our lives. And what do you do when bad things happen? Well, well, <clears throat> What, what, if, what if I said, let, 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 here, here's, the, here's my baseline. I think it's the greatest spiritual warfare verse in Scripture. And it's from John chapter 10. And it's, in verse 7 it says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all those who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, he will be saved and we'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. This is the beginning of spiritual warfare, is the understanding that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that God comes to give you life and to give it abundantly. Jesus came to give you an abundant life, and of course, that abundant life is is not money, but it includes money. You know, we're, we're I was in church this morning, and there's this bit about King Uzziah, and it says, you know, uh, he did what was favorable in the Lord, and the Lord prospered him. Like the direct link between doing things uh, that are favorable to the Lord, honoring the Lord, and then God prospering you, right? So, so this abundance life, abundant life, is not just about money, but it also includes money, but it's about the depth of relationship. It's about being happy for goodness sake. Joy, you know, I have people tell me, well, joy doesn't, joy doesn't mean happiness. Well, whatever that is, that's not joy, right? Whatever that is on your face, whatever it is you're doing to your life, it's not, you're not coming across as a joyful Christian. And joy can just be this deep-seated belief that there's not, that I'm unshakable. 
I'm absolutely unshakable because even when the storms are coming, I'm going to remain unshakable because Jesus has come to give me a life and an abundant life in that, right? That's the beginning of any spiritual warfare here is that's the baseline. This is God's intention towards me. God's intention towards me is to give me an abundant life, right? So let's make that the beginning of it. And, and then let, let me give you some let me give you some tips to actually start to, to adjust that. You gotta let go of anger. You, you gotta let go of anger and disappointment. You gotta let go of that sort of rage against God because it doesn't, it won't result in anything good. It doesn't end up well where you where, where that goes. And I completely understand that bad things have happened to good people, but you you have to let go of anger. It is a toxic waste in your system that is just stopping you from walking in the fullness of believing that God has come to give you this abundant life. And you got to start to encourage yourself in the Lord. Imagine encouraging yourself in the Lord. Let me, let me take you to, let me take you to this, right? <laughs> I, I probably won't read it all. In fact, I'm not going to read it. You can read it in your own time, which is first Samuel uh, 30. And the bit in first Samuel 30 is that David and his men, they're off fighting a battle and um, their, their camp is raided and everything's taken from them. And the men come back and they're going to kill David because they, you know, they're so dejected. They've been fighting for, fighting for a good cause and now they've lost everything. That, that feels like so many people's story. That they've been doing everything that's right. They've been they've been tr go, going after it. They've even stepped out, and and honestly, I, I I feel it's even the same for people that have stepped out into ministry. And, and I realize that's my my call in the you know second half of my life is is called this sort of like be a full time Christian, um, a professional Christian. Um, but I, I sort of felt that there are people who have taken risks and stepped out, and it hasn't worked, and they've been defeated. They've been beaten up bruised and like what do you do when that happens what do you do when you've tried yet again for that promise that God has given you and you're doing everything you're working hard you're going after it and you know what 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 goes on what what do you do with it and you have an opportunity so a couple of David's men they wanted to kill him right and <clears throat> even later on when he was going after some stuff there was like 200 of them couldn't couldn't even do it. They couldn't move forward with it. They're like, uh, kind of done, right? We're too tired. Been fighting for too long. The battle's got too much. Uh, and here's the bit that David did. It's it says that it says uh, in in verse six it says, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. And because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. We, we must learn how to encourage ourselves, not in circumstances, but encourage ourselves in the Lord. And, and I believe the, the foundation of that is John 10, 10. That the, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give us life and to give it in abundance. I think that's the foundation piece that we can encourage ourselves in the Lord and, and know that he, there's nothing that's coming against it that he hasn't actually faced and that we're not facing this battle alone. We're actually facing it with him. We're not just going to pull ourselves up by the boots, but we're going to get into the heart of Jesus, you know, like I in him. 
right? I'm, I'm going to get into the heart of Jesus where I actually belong and learn to encourage myself, not in circumstances, not in my bank account, not in my calendar, not in my impact, not in any of those things. I'm simply going to encourage myself in the goodness and character of, of the Lord. And, that, and that's what, that actually allowed something to shift. See, see the thing, the thing for... <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I have been asked to teach on things that I don't know anything about. And um, I generally go, I, th I think when I started off, when I started off sort of, you know, teaching and doing what I do, like probably 30 years ago, I, I would say, oh, yeah, I can do that. I, I can teach on that. You want me to, and even going way back, it would be like, can you teach on tying knots for a campcraft? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'd immediately go out, buy a book and stay one page ahead. Right. And I see that all the time. And, and I think it's a great way to sort of get going. But but here's the bit with this sort of stuff is that for David, he had to be convinced of something before he could convince others. Like that's authentic. That's often that's real authenticity is that before I'm going to ask you to come on a journey with me, I need to be convinced that God is good. And his love endures forever. I need to be personally convinced that Jesus' intention to my, in my life, that he is always moving on my behalf. Right now, even if I get bad news, even if I get some shocking news that he is always moving on my behalf, I just can't see it. But I have to believe that, and I have to believe that's true if I'm going to convince anybody else that it's true. Um, I mean, Joshua, Joshua was told, what, four or five times, be strong and of great courage. Like he didn't get it the first time. He had to be convinced of something before he was able to convince others and lead others. And for those of us that are leading others, then we got to actually understand that the most powerful being in the universe lives inside of us and wants the best for us and will fight for us and will be our provider and will be our healer and will be our banner, will be all those things, all the names of Jehovah, right? All the names of Yahweh. Um, that, that we have to be convinced of before we can even take a step forward. So there is this time of just taking a moment to encourage yourself in the Lord. And then it says in, in 1 Samuel 30, and David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And this is what the Lord says. So that David just asked two questions, shall I pursue and shall I, and will I overtake? And shall I overtake them? Uh, and this is what the Lord says, pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Listen, there's so much fear around, so much fear around the planet at the minute that people are afraid of everything. And it is a political spirit designed to steal, kill and destroy. It's from the enemy. It's not from God himself. Like God's heart is not to make you destitute, to make you homeless, to do any. That is not the heart of a good father. Look, Jesus's perfect will, his good and perfect will is that you would increase and not decrease. And when we listen to the lies of the enemy above the promises of the character of God, we will get dismayed, right? We will become dismayed that this is an opportunity. This is one of our greatest opportunities in the midst of people running around saying that the sky is falling. There's going to be no food in a year. There's going to be no power in a year. Completely reduces the sovereignty of God to move on behalf of his people. 
for his people and with his people, that this is this is God saying that we're actually in the season. We're in a season. I'm, I am prophesying this to every single one of you that listens to this, either live or, or in the future. I am prophesying that this isn't a season to back off and sit and be full of self-pity. This is a season when you will recover all. That this is a season when things that have been robbed and taken and when you've been serving the Lord, this is a season and it feels completely upside down. This is a season when you will recover all. This is a season for your promotion. This is a season. This is a season that you of, of advancement, not of retreat that we have got to be these victors even in a time when everybody else around us. This, listen, this is the evangelism season. This is the season when everybody else is, is falling apart and for God's people to be blessed ridiculously more than you could ask or imagine. I love Brian Simmons, how he does Ephesians 3 and 20, that I'm actually, you know, Look it up. Look it up in the passion. I don't have time to look it up. But this is this is a season for advancement and promotion and recovering all, and and doing even a, and actually he didn't even recover all. Later on, he goes and recovers all, and actually takes more more booty with him. Right? He takes more bounty home with him than anyone. I realized that was probably a wrong choice of words, so I'll pause. He takes this bounty back with him. Right? More, more, more. So when it looks like it, listen, this is this is high guy season all over again. This is like, a, you know, there is, we're trying to rebuild the temple. We're trying to rebuild the temple and it's a, it's a recession. The money that we were promised didn't come. And, you know, it, inflation is off the charts and there's been a change of government and we're not really sure what's going on. We're just going to not build the temple. And along comes the prophet Haggai and says, thus says the Lord, you need to build. It is time to build. It's not time to back down. It is time to build. And this has been, like I have been chanting this, I think, most of this year, that this is a time to build, not back off. And and every reason, everything that you come up with to say is a reason that you can't build is a lie. And I realize that's strong, but it is a lie. Because all it takes is you to do something to build rather than be afraid of losing everything to build. This is, listen, the promises of God are yes, and we get to put our amen. Anyway, <clears throat> here's, the, here's the key words. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. This pursue thing, you, I want to break the spirit of victim and passivity off every single person I come across. You're not a victim. Stop wow, wow, wowing in the corner. You're not a victim to anything or anybody. That doesn't mean that people haven't been victimized. But we get to actually say, hey, I am going to go after this. You understand that you will always get what you go after. If you go after mediocrity, well, good job. You're going to go after that mediocrity. <coughs> You're going to get, you're going to achieve that. You're going to pursue that and you're going to achieve it. Yes. If you go after being safe and being calm and all that, but here's the thing. Most of us were born to be risky. Most of us come into this Christian life because we thought that, that we were going to change the world, that we're going to do stuff. And we're going to do it really well. And we're going to do it with the, with the help of the most powerful being in the planet or in the universe ever existed in any dimension, right? God himself living inside of us. We are born for risk. 
we are born for a life of faith. This isn't just some afternoon athletic contest that we get to walk away from. This is a life and death battle for keeps. That's that's what Ephesians says in the words of Eugene Peterson. This is no athletic afternoon athletic contest. That stirs that stirs most of the people that that I'm around is that I, I want to give myself to something. I want to give my life to something and not be safe. I want to leave my children a legacy that's more than money, that is about passion and impact and purpose. So you got to pursue. When we're fighting battles on the defense, it is a delayed defeat. I want that. You, you, someone needs to write that one down. When you're fighting a battle because you don't want to go into bankruptcy, it's a delayed defeat. Right, because what you focus on will grow. When you're fighting a battle to not get into debt, you're just delaying getting into debt. When you're fighting a battle to just not, you know, have people can you know condemn you for being a prosperity gospel person or an angel guy or whatever, you're just delaying that happening. You're when you fight from defeat. When you when you fight, when you fight because you're on the defense then you're just delaying defeat. You see, we were never created to back down. I, I, I believe that, that me standing here, me standing, and even if someone's coming against me, I believe that I was not created for, for retreat or for defeat. You see, the thing about enemies, the thing about our enemy is that he gets bolder, and all these little spirits running around, they get bolder and bolder, the easier you are to knock down. And, and that that's that you want to embolden the, the, the enemy, the guy who's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. You want to embolden his servants, then just just go, oh, just faint every time the enemy comes instead of saying, heaven no. I this is what this is what I'm doing. I'm actually gonna do this. I'm gonna pursue what God has put in my life. I'm gonna pursue this. I'm gonna pursue this with everything that I can. And then the promises that they'll overtake. Here's the here's the promise. This listen, this is so rich for me. This might not be for you. This is just making me happy, right? Here's here's the thing about overtaking. And and I I'm I'm not a big competitive guy. Well, maybe I am. My wife might disagree with that. But here's the bit about overtaking. Overtaking means I'm becoming better than the enemy. Come on. Overtaking means you, like if, if this is the promise from the Lord is that you're going to pursue this and you're going to overtake the enemy's purposes and the theft and all that that's going on in your life, you're going to be better at, at, at it than he is, whatever the it is. You're actually going to be a better warrior, a better soldier, a better minister, a better attorney, a better actor, a better housewife than he could ever, ever stop you from being that. He's never going to stop you from being that because you're actually in the pursuit you will overtake, and overtaking means you've just gained superiority over the enemy. I flipping love that. You've just gained superiority over the enemy, right? We're, we're promised, like, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Resisting the devil is useless, but submitting yourself to God, first of all, and then resisting him is the thing that causes him to flee, right? <clears throat> What does it say in Deuteronomy? The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before you. They shall come out against you one way and they'll flee before you seven ways, right? This is the promise. This is the promise of the Lord that you will 
pursue and overtake and your enemies are going to be scattered. First Samuel 30, and when he had brought them down, behold, they were spread abroad upon, up, up all, spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they'd taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight until the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them except 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites. It's interesting that he was fighting the Amalekites because the Amalekites, if Saul had done his job, the Amalekites would be wiped out. Saul was instructed to completely eradicate the Amalekites, which were these hybrid beings, right? These 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 descendants of, of impurity and all that kind of stuff. And, and Saul was supposed to completely wipe them out and he didn't do it. And that disobedience actually caused his, the generation, you know, the, the next generation that... Uh, uh, the next king, right? The, the next generation of king to have to go through this fight. Um, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. And David recovered all. He got his back and he got the, the what, what belonged to the Philistines as well. And he blessed all those around, right? He blessed everybody around him. And the, one, of the, one of the amazing things that he did was even the 200 men that didn't want to go and fight with him, he, he gave them their share as well. I think that's a very powerful demonstration of the kingdom. Um, that, that even the ones that uh, didn't actually go all the way were still rewarded by those that did go all the way. It's a, it's a, I think that's very kingdom, very kingdom. David was like that. So I, I believe this is the season we're in. You're in a season where we have to have the foundation. We're all in a season because there's going to be stuff, right? There's going to be troubles coming. Troubles is here. Trouble was there yesterday. It's one of the constants. And we're going to be in this, this season of understanding that the spiritual warfare is settled, that the enemy still kills and destroys. And God has, our Jesus has come to give us an abundant life. That's settled. The abundant life is it. You have more than enough, more than enough, to, to do what God has put in your heart to do. And that for those of us that have actually taken a few blows, I mean, for those of us, I'm, I probably don't know any man, woman, or child that hasn't taken a few blows. But for those of us that have taken a few blows, it isn't a time for retreat. This is a time to pursue, overtake, and recover all. It's a time to actually set your, you know, I love the scripture that talks about Jesus setting his face as flint towards Jerusalem, that he actually set his face like a stone in the direction of his destiny, as painful as that would be for 40 hours. But he, he set his face towards his destiny and future and would be, wouldn't be turned by. And that, that's this pursuit. Overtaking is become, becoming better than the enemy can even get you with, right? Just becoming better at, at resisting, at overcoming, and overtaking, and then recovering all is the promise of God that you're not just going to recover all, you're actually going to have exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or think. So, thanks, Summer, for posting that. Um, I, I, I think it's high... Uh, how Brand Simmons translates it is something along the lines of, you know, more than your wildest dreams. More than your wildest dreams. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy.
So this is in here. What, what, what you think, your, your life is not going to move beyond what you can imagine, right? And of course, there's infinitely more than we can ask or think. But for us, um, what, what we what we got to break the habit of, and, and I, I, I'm kind of on repeat with this, we got to break the habit of wanting to be the exception, wanting the miracle. I mean, I want the miracle, but I also want to be exceptional. I want to make sure that I'm positioning myself as best I can to receive anything that, that he wants to give me, anything that he wants to give me, right? So we need to stop trying to be the exception and start learning to be exceptional. And I'm not talking about like sports-wise or performance. I'm talking about in here. I want to have an exceptional mindset that understands when a lie comes up that I can actually break the lie. So, Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that we would each have the strength to encourage ourselves in you before we start going after anything else, that we we would have the strength to simply encourage ourselves, to take a moment and just encourage ourselves in your goodness, in your character, and knowing that we were created with a dream for our lives, that you have given, you created us with a dream. You had a dream and wrapped it around our, our lives and formed us, fashioned us according to that dream. Uh, And God, I just pray that we would have the strength and courage to pursue, to overtake, and recover all in Jesus' name. All right. Bless you guys. And thanks for tuning in. Please comment, share, like. Uh, It's super helpful. It's just super helpful. All right. Bless you. Have a great week. And again, if you can join us this week, 10 a.m., please do so.